I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In a perfect world, um, it, it probably shouldn't matter, but we don't live in a perfect world. Yeah. And all too often, we are an afterthought. Uh, so I, I do think it's important that if you're going to have a black act, a black character, get a black actor to play that character. Welcome to Radio Motherboard. I'm Adrian Jeffries, and this week we're talking about black voices. Back in December, game developer Naughty Dog released a trailer for the highly anticipated Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. This is the new installment in the very popular Uncharted series, which follows explorer Nathan Drake as he scours the world for treasure. This trailer included a new character, a South African woman who's after the same treasure Drake is. You're not supposed to be back here. Well, neither are you. But I'll tell you what, I won't tell anyone if you don't. You have something I want and you're going to give it to me. This is Nadine Ross. In this scene, she's about to fight Drake in a library in the back of a mansion. Based on her voice, can you tell what color her skin is? I'm not in the mood for games. Give me the crucifix. Nadine Ross, the character, is black. But Laura Bailey, the voice actor who plays Nadine Ross, is white. Let's see what you've got. Obviously, video game actors often don't look like the roles they play. They play orcs, elves, aliens, cyborgs. They're often chosen for their roles sight unseen, based on an audition tape. In theory, the actor's race shouldn't matter. But nothing happens in isolation. Video games have a long history of portraying people of color negatively, by casting them as villains, minor characters with little dialogue, or simply background characters who don't talk at all. They're more likely to be seen as thugs in Chicago or quote-unquote natives in Patagonia than as protagonists or heroes. A study in 2009 found that 80% of video game protagonists are white, and not much has changed since then. So we have a lack of speaking roles for black characters. Then we have this odd trend where white actors are getting those roles, not black actors. In addition to Nadine Ross, Clementine from The Walking Dead is voiced by a white actor, James Heller, the protagonist of Prototype 2, is voiced by a white actor, as is Balrog from the Street Fighter franchise. There are lots of examples like this. Just listen to Marvin, a character in Resident Evil 2. Who... who are you? Oh, you must be the new guy. Leon. Sorry, but it looks like your party has been canceled. That guy is supposed to be a black police officer. He's bleeding from the stomach, but still, 
when you see this character and hear that voice, there's some dissonance. If you couldn't tell, he's played by a white voice actor. So does this matter? Who cares? Who gets hurt when a black character is played by a white actor? You know, I hear about Uncharted 4 coming out, and I'm, again, very excited. And I see a trailer for Nadine Ross, who is a South African woman, who's going to be the antagonist. So another person of color that's a villain. But she's a, she's a black woman, and there has never been a black woman in an Uncharted game, which just, as a black woman myself, just put me over the moon. Um, and I loved the trailer, and then found out, I guess, a few minutes later that she was being voiced by Laura Bailey, who is... A white woman. And my excitement just went away. This is Shante Daniels. She's a freelance journalist who writes about gaming for publications including Motherboard and Killscreen. She's an Uncharted superfan and was for years, even before she got to play it. I found Uncharted through a Let's Play. A Let's Play is a YouTube video that goes through gameplay with commentary. It was a Chip and Ironicus Let's Play and they were doing Uncharted. It's pretty cool. This is why I like this level so much. You really should not be doing that with a loaded weapon, Drake. <laughs> Uncharted is on a on P, uh, PlayStation, and I've never owned a PlayStation. Um, well, during the time at that time, I didn't. So I was watching Uncharted, and I just kind of I fell in love with it. It it was for me a sign that AAA games could have characters that I cared about and stories that I cared about. It just so happens that someone in my household is playing through the Uncharted series right now. And I know what Shantae means. The main character, Nathan Drake, is like this lovable, kind of dumb, hot guy who is also like a map-reading, secret symbol, decoding savant. The characters have depth, and the game is just fun to watch. I've got a job for us. Really? A client is willing to part with a huge sum of cash if we acquire a certain object for him. And I'm listening. Yeah. You're not going to like this. Oh, no. No, you're out of your mind. It's like a good summer action movie. Uh, so, you know, for a few years, I would just watch. I would Every so months, every few months, I would just watch Uncharted because I loved it so much. And finally, I got a PlayStation, and I was able to play it myself. And I was, I fell in love with it again. I just loved playing it. I loved listening to it. Um, and, but as I started playing it and started to think about Black people as a whole, people of color, um, as more talks about diversity were going on in games and in entertainment as a whole, I started to realize that Uncharted was missing a few things for me um, or, you know, were flawed in a few ways. Shantae started writing about the problems she saw in Uncharted, including a story from Motherboard called Nathan Drake's Superpower is White Privilege. And then Nadine Ross came out. Uh, and so that prompted me to... Uh, look into the fact that a lot of people of color, uh, characters of color in games, tend to be voiced by white people. Shantae wrote a story for Motherboard laying out the case that this is a symptom of a systemic problem in the video game industry. This is a tangled issue. Even the black voice actors Shantae interviewed said they felt conflicted about whether only black actors should be allowed to portray black characters. But the undeniable fact is that many black players feel disrespected and alienated when the games they love exclude black people behind the scenes. Uh, so there, I'm speaking with Adrian now. Shantae is there and Evan. I feel like you should be the podcast host, Dave. <laughs> your, your voice is so perfect for it. So it's this your podcast. I know. I got to work on my radio voice. No, you don't. Um, it's up to be you. 
That's Dave Finoy, one of the video game industry's most recognizable black voices, if not the most recognizable black voice. He played the main character, Lee Everett, in Walking Dead, Lucius Fox in Batman Arkham Knight, and Bluebeard in The Wolf Among Us. He's in Fallout 4, Assassin's Creed 3, Metal Gear Solid 4, Multiple World of Warcrafts, and the upcoming Mafia 3. Here's a sample of his range. Come on, just tell me what I want to know. It will make things a lot less painful for you, in theory. I've got a little girl I'm trying to protect in here, too. You want to get violent, you old fuck? Well, come on! You better have a plan to kill me, though, because it's me before anyone else in here! But I will give my all for the whore. Dave joined me, Shantae, and Evan Narciss, a reporter at Kotaku who's written many times about how black people are portrayed in video games. I'm curious about what it's like to actually get these jobs, Dave. Like, is it an open audition? Is it advertised in the classifieds? How do you hear about it? Well, you need an I, agent? You know, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I've been a voice actor in Los Angeles since 1990. So I have agents. Uh, and uh, more and more as the video game industry or interactive entertainment has grown, uh, they have needed to turn to better and better actors uh, just like the, the stories are better, the music is better, the sound is better, the graphics are better. Uh, they needed better actors to, to carry these storylines, so they went to union actors. So my agents um, got uh, the auditions and, and send them out to uh, the appropriate actors. Uh, and frankly, uh, The Walking Dead game, they had actually hired somebody else. It was a black actor, but they'd actually hired somebody else. I don't know who the guy is. All I know is that he had done episode one, and they decided it wasn't working. And um, somebody from Telltale heard me on another one of their games and said, hey, let's uh, give Dave Fenoy a shot. Um, and everything just kind of came together after that. Uh, part of the issue is I, I, I think, like you say, a lot of people casting either don't know how to find black actors or aren't interested in finding black actors, or even if they are, if they're not uh, going union, how they go about finding actors in general uh, may not lead them to uh, that black actors that they're looking for. Yeah, you know, it's, it's weird because, I mean, I think the, the one time I wrote about the issue was when uh, Ubisoft was putting out Assassin's Creed 3, and that was maybe three or four years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the disconnect for me was in the main Assassin's Creed game that they were putting out that year, that was Assassin's Creed 3, the character was a, a half Native American character. Um, and they made a point of getting uh, a voice actor from the same background. Um, there may have been some differences like, uh, uh the different tribal groups um, between the main character and the and the, the the voice actor, but the intent was clear, right? That they wanted to, you know, bring the historical context to life, like in the real world, with an mm-hmm. actor that shares that background. Meanwhile, the the a few months after that game, or probably in the same production cycle, Assassin's Creed. Uh, a liberation came out and that starred a black female character. And I loved the game and I loved the writing in the game, but the person doing the voice was a white woman. And the, the disconnect was, was 
you know, fairly stark as far as I was concerned, right? It's like, yeah. okay, on one hand, you were able to find an actor that matches the, the, the character's background, the role. On the other hand, you couldn't. And it's, 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 so on one hand, they're trumping diversity. On well, the other clear, hand, clearly it's a, it's, they could have. Assassin's Creed is a huge franchise that uses, uh, union actors, uh, that, that could have found, uh, somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, and that was black to play a black character. I, I you know, so. in, a, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, um, it it probably shouldn't matter, but we don't live in a perfect world, yeah. and all too often we are an afterthought. Uh, so I, I do think it's important that if you're going to have a black act, a black character, get a black actor to play that character. Exactly, I, I think. What you're talking about, Evan, is uh, exactly what happened with me when I learned about uh, Nadine Ross for the upcoming Uncharted game. Um, and the Uncharted series has a history of having people of color, not necessarily in heroic roles. They're usually villains. Um, but it has, I guess... Which is a problematic trope in and of itself. I know. I know. But I, it's at least they're there sometimes. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be positive. But, um, so, but the other thing is that with those people of color is that uh, usually those people of color are voiced by people of color, usually by the same like ethnicity. They, they, try, they try. It's not one-to-one. And then we get to Nadine Ross, and I was so excited to see a black woman, which there has never been a black woman in an Uncharted game. Um, and she is a main villain, yes, but I mean, she has a speaking role, which doesn't happen to a lot of people of color. Um, and then I learned that she's, you know, voiced by a white woman, by Laura Bailey, and my excitement pretty much deflated because this was a great opportunity to hire a black woman, um, and it just didn't well, happen. You know, uh, not that I think you should, you know, beat her up or anything, but a note to Laura Bailey. Uh, might be appropriate. A, a note to the producers and uh, casting people, I think, uh, would be in order. Now, I'm not one for, you know, uh, uh, cussing them out and that kind of thing, but just give them an opportunity to think about what they did, what they are doing, and why it's the wrong thing to do. Well, Shantae actually tried to get in touch with Laura Bailey mm-hmm. for the story. And I was really curious to see what she would say if she had thought about this at all, if during her read they had asked her to sound blacker, if this had entered into the picture at all, or if she just read for it as any other part, or if they had her in mind. And, you know, I was just really curious about that. So I think it would be worth continuing to try to reach out to her, um, you know, maybe when this podcast comes out, too. Yeah, um, I would I would be, interesting be so to hear interested. her perspective. Definitely, I would love to hear what she what she has to say about it, and um, hopefully, you know, she's from what I know based off of um, uh, Neil Druckmann is the creative director of Naughty Dog, and he spoke about this um, in a video for the PlayStation Experience. Um, and uh, Laura Bailey was there, but she didn't speak about it. And so, you know, Neil Druckmann said, "This is the beauty of voice acting that you know, race, age." sex gender doesn't shouldn't matter um and that was you know kind of his excuse for why she was hired and why she was able to do it but i would love to hear you know what she thinks about the whole thing after we recorded this conversation 
we finally got in touch with Laura Bailey. She declined to appear on the podcast, but she sent a detailed statement describing how she came to portray Nadine Ross. First of all, she went in person to do the audition. The character breakdown she got had no picture or physical description at all. Nadine was described as a strong-willed, intelligent, powerful woman with a South African dialect with no physical description. Laura was, quote, thrilled to be cast. She said, it's rare to see a breakdown for such an amazing female character. On top of that, she was already a huge fan of Naughty Dog and excited to work with Neil Druckmann. I'm going to read from her statement. It wasn't until we had rehearsed and arrived for our first day of filming that I saw the concept art for Nadine. One of the very talented artists at Naughty Dog had come up with a beautiful design for her, and it happened to look very different from me. And that was difficult. Not because it changed anything about my performance. Nadine was the same woman. She had the same background, the same personality, the same strength. But suddenly, because she had a different skin color than I did, there was a chance some would deem my portrayal unacceptable. But at that point, what's worse? Choose that beautiful design the artist created, knowing there could be backlash because they had already cast a non-black actress? Or change the design entirely out of fear and lose the opportunity to have a strong character of color in the game? I guess I don't know if there's a right answer to that. All I can say is, I think she's one of the most badass people I've ever had the honor to play, and I'm so proud to have worked on Uncharted 4. We tend to be underrepresented uh, in, in just about everything. How's and that, basically, when you okay. say, oh, okay, well, good. we can have white people playing the roles of black people, uh, every time you do that, you're taking a part away from a black actor. Uh, and we don't get as much work as as our white counterparts. There are not as many parts written for black voices, black characters, as there are for white characters. So um, to me, it's a disingenuous argument uh, if you really are talking about including everybody uh, in the process. Yeah, and to say and to say, you know, you know, race, sex, you know, race, gender or other, you know, identifying characteristics, characteristics don't matter is to obviate or to negate the the people to whom it does matter. You know, mm-hmm. like that matters to me. Like not just the, the the character, but also the performer. Both sides of that matter to me. And when you hear that, it's like, okay, well, I guess you're, you know, my concerns don't find any traction in 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 your purview, which is uh, d- disappointing. You know, it's it's funny that something that Dave mentioned, uh, Adrian, before you 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 were talking about what games we're playing, and I'm still poking around a little bit at Bat- Batman Arkham Knight, the last um, big Batman game. And there's like a side mission where you have to rescue firefighters that have been um, taken hostage all over the city. And so, and some of them are black, you know, in their character designs. Um, the skin is brown, you know, thicker lips and noses, that kind of thing. Um, and you can tell, like, they had just some voice actor, like, do voice work for a bunch of these different characters, right? Um, and so you're looking at a black face and you're hearing a voice that, you know, doesn't sound black. You can tell, like, okay, this this guy does not sound like a black person. And, and you know, I don't want to make any broad generalizations, but, like, the, the, the voice doesn't match the face. And, you know, if you're skilled enough, yeah, I guess those dissonances don't matter. You can make them go away by virtue of your talent. But, like, in this case... Where it's just like a side it, character. Oh, 
So, did, but you, you, you did like me as, as a Lucius Fox though, right? Y- yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Always, and it's funny, you yeah. know, talking to you, Dave, I think we may have met in person once, like at a GZC or something, but like listening to you now, knowing what Lee sounds like and Lucius sounds like, your Lee is not the same as Lucius. And no, that, no. That's, that's, I'm an that's, actor. They're not supposed right. to be the same. <laughs> right. And, you know, so it just makes you wonder, like, okay, it's great you put some black side characters in the game, but they're not believable um, yeah. in this moment. Yeah. And that takes you out of the game. Mm-hmm. I think... And, and that's, uh, you know, in, in any kind of movie, TV show, video game, and I, and I talk about them in the same breath. Because, uh, this is really what video games are. They are the biggest entertainment vehicle in the world. And the audience of video games is as big or bigger than movies and television. They make way more money. Uh, so you have to think of it in that terms that the same rules that apply. You wouldn't, uh, have white actors, uh, playing what you have identifiably called black people. Uh, in a movie or television show, so you shouldn't do it in a game. Right. And, you know, the, the, the worst for me is when you see the argument, the attempts to reverse the argument, as we saw last week when the, the casting of, of Joseph Fiennes as Michael Jordan, Michael, Michael, Jordan, <laughs> Michael, Michael, Jackson. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Jordan would which, be even worse. Which came <laughs> right on the heels of no black people nominated uh, for anything uh, with an Oscar. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 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 I tweeted about it. A friend of mine is like, you know, Michael Jackson was a lot of things. Some of them, many of them, like, you know, messed up and weird and problematic. But, like, he was never not black. Like, mm-hmm. his skin may have changed colors over his Just life. Just because you have vitiligo right. doesn't mean that, that who you are has changed. Right. And the plastic surgeries, like, you know, were unpleasant to look at, you know, for, <laughs> for, for, for a lot of us. But, like, fine. He did them, but at no point did he ever, to me as a fan and somebody who lived and listened to his music when he was alive, he he never said he never his actions were never those of a person who was trying to deny his blackness. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. I heard a newscast when they were talking about uh, Fines getting that role and say, "Well, you know, Michael Jackson at one time was black." <laughs> That's <laughs> the newscaster said. It was like, oh. Really? The, so, yeah. The one time was his entire life. That was yeah. the one time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it, it, you. You talk about like we we the voice actors and the the, the lack of opportunity um, for 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 talent. You know, it, it comes on the player side too. I wrote an essay last year about um, it was called The Natural. It's about my hair. And the first thing I do when a, a, a game has a creator character engine. Um, or feature, I should say, I try to, you know, try to make myself because again, underrepresentation is real and it, it's the pull of, of wanting to see myself is strong enough that I try to make myself in a game where I have the option. But, you know, again, these, these video game engines are amazing now, but I still can't recreate my hair. And mm-hmm. one of the points I made in my essay is like, my people have been wearing hair like me for millennia, you know, but we live in a society where uh, uh, it's not been um, the norm. It's not been a priority for people. Well, we, to... we still have stories uh, where kids uh, with come to school with a natural or an afro or dreadlocks or whatever, 
and have problems uh, from te- oh, it's distracting. It, you know, it's, it's going to distract other kids. When, when the kid over there's got purple hair, what are you saying? Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come out of scalp that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know these these are deep rooted issues and a lot of different um, I think vectors uh, of history and 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 sociology inform the kind of stuff behind them. And I think you know. An excuse I'm sick of hearing is that it's just video games. It shouldn't matter. Well, it does matter because it's, cult- it's a form of cultural production and it reflects the values that you're operating off of as an, ind- as an individual, as an organization, um, and as a society. And, you know, to be told that, yeah, the things that you care about don't, doesn't matter. Again, like, it, it's not necessarily the message you want to be sending to a, a group of potential consumers enthusiasts, fans, if you want people to take you seriously, then you show that you take the world seriously and the concerns of the people who live in the world seriously. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, who we are as black people, uh, the stereotypes that, say, the majority of white America thinks we are is not who we are. Uh, the stories that are told about us typically are the stories of when we've caused problems, when we're not, when we're upset about cops shooting us, this kind of thing. But every subgroup of America that uh, is white or Asian or anything else, we are a part of as well. And in the video game industry, the people who play video games, we are a huge, huge part of that. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about the biggest entertainment industry in the world. Uh, it's got to learn to be inclusive of everybody. Now, you know, and I say that as I work all the time. I'm in a lot of games. I, you know, I'm continue. I continue to be hired, and I think that's wonderful. But clearly, we would not be having this conversation if you, as gamers, did not have these concerns. If it didn't come out up for you that, well, where am I in these games, and how come that black face is being voiced by that white artist, uh, that white voice? Uh, clearly until you are satisfied, uh, the industry isn't doing enough. And once again, this is the biggest entertainment industry in the world. You know how they talked about, uh, 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 Star Wars making 12, uh, in 12 days making a billion dollars? There yeah. have been several games that did that in a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. And you know, like, you know, uh, uh, all props to you, Dave. We like your work, but I don't want you to be the only person getting work in these games. You know, yeah, like, if I, I, I'm not. But, you know, Keith <laughs> Ferguson, and there. I mean, there's a there are uh, a number of black actors, uh, both male and female, who are working. I may have more visibility than a lot of them, uh, but they are there, which actually is more of an argument for what you are saying is that there are parts out there, there are actors out there for those parts is what I, I, I mean to say. Uh, we are not hard to find. Yeah. We are not hard to find. One thing I noticed while I was researching this article is that uh, there is a, there seems to be whenever there is a black woman in a game, black women seem to be more likely voiced by white people than black men. Um, which is I, which is strange. I don't understand why, because there are obviously black women voice actors out there. But when I was researching, I, I just found that, like, you know, I would find 
uh, musicians sometimes voiced uh, characters and other actors, and that was, you know, abundant for black male characters. But when I tried to find black female characters, they tend to be voiced by white people, and I'm not sure why that is, um, but it was something like that struck me. This might be an intersection of the distortion of the way black people are portrayed and the way women are portrayed in video games. Like, maybe there's there's a writer who has, like, a certain kind of woman archetype character in mind and then that that is more conducive to like a a blonde white voice actress well you know what we have lots of uh once again we go back to the stereotypes uh typically the stereotype of who we are as black people is uh you were born in the ghetto and you had a hard life um but that's not even who most of us are uh, most of, uh, of black America fall into the category of middle class. Um, I grew up in a black neighborhood, uh, when I was a kid, but, uh, I had a great education. Uh, my father was a veterinarian. My mother was a school teacher. If I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be, probably be a history professor or something. Um, and most of the black people I know, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to think, do I know any ghetto birds? I don't think so. <laughs> Most of the black people I know, and I know a lot of black people, um, educated, been to college, professional. Um, and if they're young, they're in college or headed for college or just out of college and getting careers going. That's who we are. And those tend to be the kinds of characters that everybody else gets to play. Mm-hmm. Why aren't why aren't we? Uh, one of the things I liked about playing uh, the character of Lee Everett, uh, his backstory was he was a college professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now turned out uh, he killed his wife because she was having an affair, but uh, he was a college. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Professor. Um, yeah, I think- those are the kinds of, of, of character descriptions, uh, that we need to have. Now we see this in television a lot. Uh, I remember because of when I grew up, I remember when there weren't very many black people on television. And when there was, my parents were making phone calls to all their friends. This is way before, uh, texting. Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a black person on television. Let's watch him. Um, well, now at the end, then we got to a point where, okay, we're going to start putting some black people on. But every time there was a black person on the story, it was a black issue. You know, it was right. the doctor. The very special white, episode. Yeah, very oh. special episode is the black doctor who saved the white supremacist who then decided, oh, gee, I guess black people are okay. Uh, well, nowadays, uh, we have multi-ethnic casting. It doesn't matter. That doctor might be white, might be black, might be Asian, might be Hispanic. And it doesn't matter. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, and, and, and the Dave, video game industry needs to catch up. If I can interject, Dave, like you made a point about middle class being the norm. And that's true. But like, even if you grew up in the hood and you grow up rough, 
and you grow up in the streets, you know, there's still a humanity there that rarely gets touched on by mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's still, you know, uh, uh, there's joy, there's uh, uh, surprise. Oh, absolutely, I, I I didn't mean to say that that uh, what no, I was, and, I, and, I, and nothing that the story shouldn't you. be told. The point is My- that's yet another reservoir that could be tapped for yeah. like interesting stories um, um, that can be told in video games or, or anywhere else. You know, like just because you know a facet of a stereotype doesn't mean you know the totality of what what the, that kind of life in that in that milieu gives you so you I, know, I, think, like, I think i have a, a a sensitivity to it because when i was coming up at i came up in the period where uh, there were so-called black exploitation films where actors i knew complained about all the parts were for pimps drug dealers prostitutes uh that kind of thing as opposed to doctors lawyers businessman uh so i i have a perhaps more of a sensitivity to it uh than you do because you've grown up in an era where you do see more black characters playing just any kind of role and why is it that the video game industry is further behind than television in this Uh, oh any theories i think because it's younger Mm -hmm. because it's younger um now we're we're still talking about uh I'm, I'm as a matter of fact I'm about to go to London tomorrow uh to teach a workshop on voice acting for video games. Uh I'll be interested to see who's who's in the class. Um but you know this this industry of of, of video games is very young. Uh, you know, uh I started uh, I started voicing video games in the early to mid 90s and that's about the time they started using voices uh in video games and it, it's it's a young business it used to be you know you needed a woman uh, what's the secretary doing i need an old guy uh, yes your dad retired can we get him in here now we're looking for good actors and we now we need to look for more and more and more ethnic actors to fill the roles of ethnic people in these video games you know, Dave, I hear you on on video games being a young industry, um, but I'm I'm a little bit impatient with that. I've been writing about video games uh, maybe ten or fifteen years at this point. It depends on when you count my start date is. And 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 you know, I feel like within that time, there's been enough growth in other aspects of the industry with regard to how you tell a story. Like hell, stories weren't even a thing. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, uh, in in video game creation considerations oh, yeah. uh, years ago, I'm, I'm a little impatient with that because I feel like what happened. I think there's a bunch of different layers as to why this exclusion happens. One of them is video games. You know, start as a novelty, right? You know, they were sold and marketed as toys and distractions uh, for a long time, and there's a little bit of of self consciousness even as they left that legacy behind. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the creators continue to be self-conscious about their the way their work gets viewed in a larger uh, framework of society. But also, there's there's an element of it comes from a technological uh, um, background too, a pedigree too, right? Where the, the the work comes into fuller creative bloom as the technology gets better. So that's another thing that gets considered as a primary consideration, right? Um, and cultural representation is way down on the totem pole when you consider like all the different 
disciplines that need to come together to make a video game. There has to be great art, great sound design, great music, great AI programming, all these different things that have to come together and make a good video game. And those things are prioritized over, you know, representation. Um, I, I, I agree with you. And first of all, let me say, I applaud your impatience. <laughs> uh, and, and I call upon you and other uh, black writers and black actors and black uh, producers and developers in video games uh, to insist on having more black characters and black people playing those black characters. Uh, and I'll also not to be the guy that's only black, 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 but, you know, Asian, Hispanic, what, whatever. Right. Um, but I'm going to disagree with one thing uh, is everything starts with story. Yeah. Everything starts with story and those stories have characters. So I don't, you know, I, I, I love that the music is better and the writing and the, the, the uh, uh, graphics are better and all of that. All of that is wonderful and, and we need that. But it all has to start with story and those characters. And we have to be included in that. I think another issue too is really the audience that's, you know, holding games back. I, I'd say it's, it's just recently now that we're talking about, you know, having different uh, people star in games, different genders, and having different sexuality be portrayed. Um, and obviously there's a lot of pushback in that with uh, those who think, you know, games should just be enjoyed and shouldn't dive into those deeper uh, topics because, you know, why would a game do that? Uh, it's I, art. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I mean, we think that, but not every audience member, you know, not everyone that enjoys games thinks that. And I think uh, obviously as more and more people, like you said, Dave, you know, as more and more people become more vocal and say, no, these are, we love games. These are the things we want to see and, you know, push back against that, that negativity that's trying to keep games the way they are, then we'll see more of that. But I think another issue is just, you know, that, that audience, even if they are small, um, still for some reason get attention and is stunting growth. You know, I, I wrote a, uh, in the essay I wrote last year, um, I, I talked about, um, I compared Luther, the show, that the BBC show that Idris Elba um, um, stars in. Yeah. He's a main character. And I compared that to a game called uh, Remember Me, um, which was put out by, um, oh man, who was that? Don't, uh, Nod was, yeah. Don't Nod was a developer. And, you know, both of them are stories where the blackness of the main character is not what drives the plot or the considerations um, of, of, of the narrative, right? Like, they just happen to be black. But yet and still, like, it, it matters because there's a face, there's a brown face that you didn't see before. Now, I, I say all of this not knowing off the top of my head who voiced the character and remember the main character, remember me. Um, but, you know, like, even if it's not about being blackity black, as Dave <laughs> said before, like, there's, there's still an impact to be had there. There's still like, okay, uh, when you look at the, 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 the faces staring out at you from the boxes at a GameStop or on a digital download store, like, th that, that matters. Absolutely. Um, when yeah, I, when I absolutely. played, um, uh, the Walking Dead, and I saw Lee. Um, that really struck me, and seeing him, he felt very authentic to me. I, um, 
I enjoyed the fact that he was a leader and he was cool and calm and he wasn't, you know, when I think of other black male characters in games, I mean, if they're not basketball players in basketball games, then they're kind of like these big bruisers, they're they're strong men, they're hot tempered, they're, Mm -hmm. yeah. So Lee was, was refreshing to me and I, when he, I guess, spoilers, when he died in the end, uh, I cried and I knew they I don't was... know by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but when he died, I cried and I know I cried because he was black. And like that was one of the reasons why I was crying because I knew he was gone and I loved him because he represented me in a way as well. And I didn't want him to go. And, um, well, you know what? I'm, gonna, um, white people. And Arab people and Asian people and Latino people and just about anybody who played that game cried at the end, uh, not because he was black. I mean, that, those were some of your reasons, right? but because he was such a human character, because he was so sympathetic, because of the relationship he had with that little girl. Yeah. Uh, because they had grown to love that character and identify with that character for any number of reasons. One of them for you and for a lot of other black people, the fact that he was black. Yes, definitely. I, I think, you know, in general, Lee is someone anyone can cry for. I think he was a good man. And, and you know, I can understand anyone being tearful. Uh, but I think, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of black people who might have seen a little bit of themselves in him, um, probably cried also because he was black. And uh, I think that's something I think that's something that I wish happened more often, not necessarily crying, but, you know, that joy that that, yes, someone is here, someone I can see myself in. That's yeah, it's, it's a kind of blackness that mm-hmm. you don't see a lot. Like, you know, there's there, Activision put out um, these open world games called Prototype and Prototype 2, the main character was a black guy. And he was not a black guy like me, you know, like they, they, they took they took pains to make him sympathetic. But like he was like a military dude and there was like action and egregious violence. And like, you know, like he was, you know, hitting things first and asking questions later. Um, and he was not even I think somebody else with the brains of that game. Like so he was kind of like being led along, too. So like, you know. People people ask me, hey, Evan, you write about black stuff in video games. What do you think about that guy? I was like, okay, I can do without him. You know. <laughs> and yeah, the only he was reason, voiced by a white actor, right? I yeah. believe, I, I think you're right. And, and, and the problem is, part of the problem is that, like, you wouldn't have to keep on fielding these questions if there were a deeper field of representation, right? Like, if there are more characters, then, then the urgency of this would, would, would die down a little bit. The radioactivity of surrounding this whole issue of representation would die down if there's if there's numbers game, you know? Like if if you put enough of us in a game, you're going to get it right like, you know, one time out of 10. You know, I'm maybe I'm being a little bit too bleak in my outlook, but like there, there there's going to be success the success rate will 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 rise. And and you know, um just to be a little bit of the devil's advocate. Uh there are a lot of uh, very shallow characters, uh, or white shallow characters in a lot of games that have the same kinds of problems you were talking about with the last character you were talking about. I mean, that happens. Uh, but what we do need to see are more uh, black characters in video games uh, that their story isn't about them being black. They just happen to be black. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the... 
and they that go, characters that go beyond the stereotype. Oh, yo, yeah, man, you know, I'm black and everything is everything and all this all, getting beyond that stereotype. And believe me, I, as I, I mentioned uh, in in the article I wrote or in answering your questions, I've played some of those characters yeah. uh, and I. I don't mind playing them as long as there are other characters I can play that aren't that. And fortunately, uh, I've been able to do that in my career. Uh, probably most notably, once again, uh, getting to play Lee Everett. Mm-hmm. But we need, we need more Lee Everett type characters. Definitely. More doctors, more lawyers, more generals, more that, uh, yeah, one of the things that's frustrating is it seems to be like one and done, right? Like one-offs, you know? Like uh, Assassin's Creed did two good games with uh, black lead characters, and I've been sitting around waiting for the next one, and it hasn't shown up. You, uh, you, got, your, you got your quota. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, we, we're happy. We can point to these things for at least 10 years and be like, we got you. See, there was that one time. Um, were you in a game? Shouldn't, shouldn't that make you happy? It's like, okay, you know, one time, a few times over my entire life, as, as somebody who's been writing and talking about video games, like, is, is not terribly satisfying. I wonder what the group thinks. Is this something that has to happen with AAA games, or is this something that indie games can tackle, and are they tackling it? And, you know, is it possible there could be, like, an indie game with a non-white main character that breaks out, and then all of a sudden the AAA game developers yeah, you know, are like, I wrote about whoa. That. I wrote about that in The Natural in my essay, where, like, that's what I want. What I want is to be... What I want to witness is an analog to the black arts movement of the 60s and 70s, where the same frustrations were, were, were bubbling in various media, whether it's the theater or literature or movies, and, you know, eventually... A, a, Black people were able to lay hands on the tools and the networks to to make their their own stuff happen. You know, Dave mentioned black exploitation movies from the sixties and seventies, and you know, like uh, the movies that happened around that. You know, let's say uh, you know, Sweet Sweet Bags Badass Song by Melvin Van Peebles, right? Like that 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 was a moment where he got sick of you know seeing whitewashed movies you know year after year and he made his own movie like was was there a lot of stereotypes and 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 street kind of centrism there yes there was but like that was his own thing like from beginning made made it for a particular audience right Uh, Mm -hmm. and the black black exploitation films were made uh for a particular black audience uh and we all went to them at the time that they were out. Sometimes we liked them, sometimes we didn't. But a couple of reasons they were important. One, they were out there. People were getting hired. Black actors were getting work. Writers were getting work. Uh, um, yeah, that's how careers get built and yeah. maintained. Mm-hmm. You know, we we need. Uh, you know, uh, you know Tyler Perry. I'm going to mention him. Not a huge fan of his work. A huge fan of the fact, though, that he built a studio. Uh, he keeps pouring out stuff, uh, good or not. Some of it's okay, some of it's not. Uh, that black actors are getting work, black writers are getting work, black cinematographers, sound people uh, are getting work. And that is important uh, for all of us, uh, 
we need to do the same, have the same kind of thing, maybe a little better, higher quality, uh, within the gaming <laughs> industry. Uh, I don't know if it's going to take a black gaming company, uh, developer, uh, that is hiring black artists, black musicians, black actors. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Uh, but that would help move forward much of, of what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important, too, that uh, those AAA games do make sure to have more. They have the reach. They they yeah. have the most money, you know. So uh, making sure that black voice actors are hired and supported. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's important to have representation in any game, whether it's a small game or a big budget game but you know the truth is that big budget has the money and so they can support those people and it would be great if um that would cause more people to uh be supported perhaps maybe maybe then they can create their own studio and they will be able to make their own games with black people and black artists um but you know the the bigger industry needs to start doing that so that it can then trickle down and help everyone else I agree completely, but at the same time, we are living in a world where uh, uh, those small gaming companies are going to be very important as well. There are a few really, really, really big uh, game developers, but you know, we've got schools now with uh, game developer programs. We've got a lot of young people that grew up playing games that now are interested in the video game business, interactive entertainment business, uh, and I don't think we can underestimate the influence that those creatives who are just getting their careers started are going to have on what we're doing. Those people need to be encouraged, black writers, black game producers, or anybody else who wants to be inclusive of us and Latinos and gays and Asians and uh, and stories uh, with a complete swath of of who inhabits this planet. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, going back quickly to the AAA conversations like yeah, those companies have the biggest reach but they're also the most risk averse, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I I know people who are working on very very big video game franchises who I cannot name, but they're like, yeah, uh, when this next installment comes out, I'm done and I'm working on the indie thing that I want to have that I want to make about, you know, you know, a video game about Ferguson and police police practices, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, so these people are there and they're biding their time. They're amassing the skills and the resources to do, to go off and do their own thing. That's why, again, them being there in the first place is so important. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Evan, Evan you, you, you hit gold um, right there because the video game industry is growing up just like the movie industry did, just like uh, TV industry did, where, yeah, you're going to have some uh, 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 some games that are just entertainment, fluff. Oh, we've got that. We'll have the buddy comedy games. We'll have the, uh, uh, you know, creature games and whatnot. But they're going to be games that are social commentary. Yeah. Uh, there's a game that I'm in about to come out this year, Mafia 3. Uh, do you uh, know anything about it? Oh, yeah, Dave. I know mm-hmm. a lot about it. I'm reserving judgment, but one of the things okay, I thought... Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment, <laughs> but I know, the, I know the character I played, and I'm, I'm not going to say much more than that because I, I can't. 
Um, but the things I got to say and in my character uh, was huge, was huge. I will uh, say one thing. When I saw that Mafia 3 trailer, I was like, they got my man's hair looking kind of tight. Like, let's like <laughs> I, leaking the main character has a decent natural. Like, you can tell he hasn't had a cut in a while, but that's yeah. okay. I'm good with that. So I'm the, the story, storyline is deep. I mean, it's it's a typical uh, bang bang shoot 'em up mafia uh, type thing, but it's a storyline that I think, uh, even though it takes place in the '60s, will resonate with today and us. Uh, and I, I applaud the game. I don't know how successful it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to work because like with most video games, you work by yourself. You don't get to see the whole script. You get to see your lines. Uh, it's, but it's 2K. I, I They're a huge publisher. So at the very least, expect a huge marketing push. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking for, for more of that. Uh, from, and if it's successful, of course, uh, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery and the best way to make a buck. So, uh, there'll be other game companies that come out with the same kind of thing. But I, my biggest hope, my biggest hope is for the independents and the young, uh, game developers who are coming along right now. Shantae mentioned Naughty Dog's creative director, uh, Neil Druckmann, um, who said, yep. you know, your outward appearance doesn't matter at all. It's video games. That's the magic. That wasn't the exact quote, but that was his <laughs> basic reasoning. And I was wondering if you, if you wrote him a letter that you knew he would read, you know, how would you lay out the, the counter argument to that? I would say that, yeah, there's magic in that, but there's a different kind of magic in seeing the real world energy and the real world lived experience of, you know, marginalized people of color, queer people, like of seeing that reflected in the game too. There's a magic, there's a different magic in acknowledgement. You exist, your stories matter. Um, um, you can be the center of a story. You can be the center and the, the emotive kind of engine through which the concerns of a story move through, you can be that too. And it's so important, uh, not only for the audience that is underrepresented as, uh, say, the black audience is, but also for the general audience that will get experience of, feel more comfortable with, uh, begin to understand, hopefully, uh, people that they don't know. You know, we, we tend to get along much better when we actually interact and understand how similar we really all are, uh, despite differences in dress and music and age and, uh, sexual orientation and color and all those things that, that really aren't that important. I think I would tell him, uh, Druckmann to, I mean, Knowing what he knows now after, you know, there's so much, there's been so much backlash about the whole thing. I, I would just tell him to look at this and try to learn from it. And, and under, I mean, cause I understand he's not going to, not saying I want to, I guess, but it's not like he's going to fire Laura Bailey now and try to find someone else that fits the role. Um, but because that won't happen, I can only say to, to use this and understand that there is an audience that loves Uncharted and wants to support Uncharted, but also wants to support people of color and and wants to see them in their games, not just uh, as a character in the game, but being, you know, the voice that comes out of that character as well. It's not just 
about the character that I care about. It's also who is making that character and who's bringing that character to life. You know, I didn't bring it up before, but um, a game developer, an indie game developer I know, Sean Alexander Allen, uh, he talked about this issue a while back, maybe two years ago or more, and he called it digital blackface. And it's a bit of a mean term because uh, I think there's a maybe not as quite as much cynicism um, um, in these these hiring practices, but like you wind up feeling, you know emptier for knowing that you you wind up feeling like you're being made to you know eat a dish that's only half cooked right mm-hmm. um um and and, and, and poorly be, spiced and there's a little shit in it right <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how i felt though when i when i realized nadine wasn't voiced by a person of color i i felt deflated i felt you know like as excited as I am to see her, I'm also very disappointed and and did not like the fact that, you know, she's not being voiced by a person of color. It's 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 always some sort of compromise with with games. It's like you know, oh, there's that person, but what are they doing or what are they saying or who's voicing it? It's it's never, you know, I can be just happy. It seems it's that's never a full embrace. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and once again, another reason why we need to be in all the places where these kinds of decisions are being made, not only the voice actors, uh, but in, in casting positions, somebody should have told him beforehand, said, look, man, don't, don't even do that. Right. <laughs> That's just not a good idea. Uh, you're going to piss off a lot of people. A lot of people are going to not feel good about this game because of that. And true, he, his answer may have been, well, I don't care about those people. I'm going to make enough money and, and, but at least he was told. At least the message got to him. So yeah, the uh, message. The message every, every, you got to get the message to him, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'll send him this podcast and let him know there's a message for him at the end, <laughs> and maybe he'll listen to it. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and having this highly intelligent conversation. Um, if uh, you know, maybe there will be occasion to talk about this again when well, Mafia Three comes Dave, out. Dave, I must say, Dave, we'll, we're going to have to loop back. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, Evan, I, I, I was going to say that, man. Uh, uh, holla at your boy. <laughs> awesome. That's our show. Thank you for listening to Radio Motherboard. If you like it, subscribe on iTunes. And if you really like it, leave us a review. You can also talk to us directly by emailing letters at motherboard.tv. I hope you listen again next week, even though I'm not totally sure what next week's podcast will be about. It might be about the history of artificial intelligence, or it might be about something else. It'll be a surprise. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.